I'm going to try preaching down here again. You know, one of the things with the new, fairly new preacher is that uh, I like to experiment with things. Like sometimes without notes, sometimes from the pulpit, sometimes down here, whatever. And uh, we're going to have a change within this message as well. Uh, I'm going to read part of a scripture to you or the beginning, and then I'm going to try to remember to cue Eric. We're going to read a second part that will help illuminate the point that I'm trying to make. So the first uh, passage I'm going to read is from uh, Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 8, verses 4 through 8. This is the word of the Lord. When a great crowd gathered and a people from town after town came to him, Jesus, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell on the path and was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered for lack of moisture. Some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. Some fell into the good soil, and when it grew, it produced a hundredfold. And as he said this, he called out, Let anyone with ears to hear listen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Do you remember when the first, in the first uh, days and even weeks of the pandemic, uh, you know, it was a time of great distress, right? I mean, we were all scared about what was going to happen. But there was also this uh, theme that emerged that I've heard many times from lots of different people of ages and life stages and et cetera, is that there was also a beautiful simplicity about it, like uh, an extended snow day, right? <laughs> like, oh, we don't have to try and keep up with the busyness, you know? We don't have to go here to this thing. We don't have to go there to that thing. We, we have to stay home. And some beautiful things emerged from that time, right? I mean, if you think for a second, you could probably list off a couple of those things that... Um, Maybe you learned or were revealed to you during that time or through the extension of the pandemic that wouldn't have happened if it weren't for that time. Now, I'm not diminishing the very severe negative impacts at all. Like, it was very, it's been very stressful. People have lost their lives. You know, you know I'm not diminishing that. But still, there was a beautiful simplicity from that time. The families were eating dinner together that maybe hadn't ate dinner together, I don't know, maybe ever. Or it's been a long time because you have to go here or go there. People were calling one another. You know, uh, spending more time just investing in personal relationships. I remember you couldn't find a bike, right? All of a sudden, people were just eager to get outside. And uh, I myself, I would take my dog down to the dog park and I was meeting new people because there was nothing else that we could do. There was just this beautiful simplicity about it that in some ways brought peace. I don't have to try and keep up with everything. We just have to do what's in front of us just for today, just right now. We don't even know what's going to happen. So there's this beautiful refining that took place. But now, and maybe you even know the but that has happened, but now everything's opening back up. And all of a sudden we can do all the things that we would like to do. And especially now that summer's coming, it's like, whoa, like a kid when they, you know, get to an exciting place like the, like the wow zone or whatever. We want to do everything all at once. 
but our souls are not really ready for that. Like uh, there have been times where I've stopped drinking as much coffee as I normally drink. I drink a lot of coffee right now <laughs> because I have two, two small children. But when I go through, through a time where I don't drink very much coffee, and then all of a sudden I go back to drinking a lot of coffee, it's like, uh, <laughs> you know. But I, sometimes I wonder, like, well, what is, this, what is this actually, how is this impacting me without me realizing it, if that was my initial uh, effect of it? And the same thing is happening, I think, with uh, our level of busyness. Or maybe it's not busyness for you. I struggled like, well, not everybody who I'm going to talk to today uh, is on the move all the time. I get that. But in our, in our day and age, like, we're exposed to so many things. We can watch the news all day long and think about things that we weren't really designed to think about. We can worry about things that we weren't really designed to, to worry about. Like, for example, were we, are we really intended to see day in and day out, horrific uh, videos of war? And if not, what, or even if you think we were, well, what, what impact does that have on our soul? Like anguish, right? Or were we really, I'm guilty of this one, were we really designed to just be able to think of whatever we want and pull out this magical device from our pocket and get it? I mean, like, I'm pretty fast. I could go in like 30 seconds. Book I want, ordered. Have it in two days. You know? Were we really designed for that? I don't think so. We were designed for simplicity. Hear this from uh, the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon, considered one of the, the wisest people in, in all of history. He says in, in chapter, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, See this alone that I've found, that God made human beings straightforward. Other translations say simple, simplistic. But they have devised many schemes. If you think of back to our Lectio Divina text, what did it say? They have pierced themselves with many transgressions. Thinking about um, all the different things that we would like. It's not just money, right? It's all the different things that we would like to do or uh, accumulate for ourselves. But their complex problems are their downfall. So now that things are back to opening up, we're fast-paced, we're complicated, we're overworked, we're over-informed, we're overexposed to all these things. And just think about the contrast within your heart. How does that feel? How much peace do you experience when you're just always exposed to things? When you're always on the move, even for good things? How does that feel? How close do you feel to God during those times? Honestly. How often do you think about God? during those moments when you're overexposed or overworked. Let's think about this. And now, here we go, Eric. Q, we're doing it. Now hear what Jesus says when they say, well, what, what's this parable even mean? What does this mean? What are you talking about? Seeds and sowing. And This doesn't even make sense. He says, so Jesus says, now, this, now the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. It's God's truth. It's uh, the way that God is communicating with you. 
God wanting to draw you into a relationship and intimacy and communion with God. The seed is the Word of God, and the ones on the path are those who have heard, and the devil comes and takes away the Word from their hearts right away so that they may not believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the Word, they receive it with joy. Maybe they come to uh, a church service and they say, wow, that was awesome. Then as soon as they leave, gone. It says, uh, the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the Word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe only for a while, and in time of testing, it falls away. And as for what fell among the thorns, these are the ones who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out. Listen to this. They are choked out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. But as for those in the good soil, these are the ones who, when they hear the Word, and they hear God's Word spoken to them or aloud, they hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patient endurance. Friends, God's desire for us, for each one of us, is that His Word, His presence, His truth would be deeply ingrained in us. Deeply ingrained in us. Producing an abundance of fruit that will endure not just for others. Oftentimes, I'm guilty of preaching in a way where I'm saying, you're responsible to improve the lives of others, but the fruit that God wants to grow in you is also for you. This is the type of fruit. Uh, Jesus says in in John uh, chapter 15 that God's desire is for us to uh, produce fruit that will last in abundance. These are the fruits that God wants to grow in your heart. The fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruits that when we allow God's Word to penetrate our hearts and our souls and we let them grow and we nurture them, Those are the fruits that can grow. But complexity in life chokes out the spiritual growth. When we're trying to do too much, like Jesus says, cares and the riches and pleasures. In other words, abundance. We have so much abundance. Then our fruit, our spiritual fruit, does not mature. So I have a really good good practical example of this. I just bought two apple trees. You have to buy apple trees in in pairs so they can cross-pollinate. Didn't know that. I just wanted one apple tree. And he said, no, you've got to buy two. And you know, it's a lot of work to plant a tree. I confess I've never done that before. You're supposed to give them two five-gallon buckets of water every other week is what the guy told me. And you're supposed to drill this little tiny hole in it and you've got to put all the stuff around it. In other words, it's it's a ton of work, Right? So as I'm, as I'm planting these trees and doing all the work and it takes about a half an hour for the bucket to drain out, then you've got to go fill it again. I thought, good thing I only got two. <laughs> you know, imagine if I was going to get like 10 apple trees. Like this would be way too much work. I mean, it sounds nice, right? In the abundance that uh, Gina and I have, you know, in the space, in the yard, we could do that totally. But now all of a sudden, sudden, something that was supposed to be simple and produce fruit that could last and could be enjoyed, now all of a sudden that was supposed to be simple and beautiful 
turns into something that causes great stress. And, and the fruit that could develop would be stunted. It, you know, some of those trees would die. And I thought about that as I, I literally thought about that as I was planting these trees. It's just like, this is the kind of nurture that we're supposed to give our souls, the kind of simplistic approach that we're supposed to live with. So we can't nurture the growth of these fruits and live the fast-paced, complex life of overexposure, over-busyness, you know, (laughs) over-abundance, and just those things just take us away from what God wants to do within us. It's just not really possible. If you're wondering, well, is that true, Pastor Chad? I just wonder, okay, so how long have you been a Christian? How many times have you heard the word? How many times has the seed been sprinkled on the soil? What kind of abundance of fruit, spiritual fruit, are you showing then? Just, there's no judgment in that question. I'm just asking you. And I wonder if maybe instead of two apple trees, you've got ten apple trees <laughs> that you're trying to water, that you're trying to keep up with. The hard part, friends, is that uh, we don't see a lot of examples of people living a simplistic lifestyle, especially now. You know, it used to just be normal. I think that's actually part of why the Christian faith just really boomed uh, back in the, the early days of Methodism as the frontier of, the United, of America was expanding westward. You know, it was just a really simple life. And I think it was like 90% of people were farmers. So, you know, it was just... Simple lifestyle. But things have gotten really complicated and we don't have a lot of examples of people who detach from technology, at least sometimes. Or who say no to things, especially as children get older and say no. I mean, that's all really hard. So that's one difficulty is we don't have a lot of examples of simplicity. But this is, simplicity is a spiritual discipline. There are several books on, you know, there's all all kinds of books on spiritual disciplines, and some of the best ones that I've read talk about simplicity as a spiritual discipline, meaning it's something you can do to feel closer to God. It's a spiritual discipline, but we don't have a lot of examples of this. I'm going to give you another example from my own life so that you you know that I'm not just um, lecturing you, okay? So I went on this silent retreat the week after Easter, and I was so excited to just go and, and, and be alone with God, right? And I was also going to do some things that were like prep work for being your pastor. I, I try to learn some things. I try to chart out what I'm going to preach about. And, and I pray and all kinds of things. And I was so looking forward to it that I brought a bunch of books. I brought like 15 books. <laughs> it was a three-day retreat. <laughs> and the first day that I was there, I had only slept for like two hours the night before. And I couldn't, I couldn't even think. I'm just sitting there alone in the woods and I'm just, I don't even, what is going on? I couldn't even think and I felt so anxious on the inside. And so I just sat there. I just sat there. And then the next day, I actually ended up going home at night because this is weird paradox of like feeling burnt out, like I need to be away from people, but also feeling incredibly lonely. At the same time, like, I don't want to be around anybody, but I also feel incredibly lonely. It's just, a, and lots of people feel that way right now. 
This was a side effect of the pandemic. So I go home at night, and the next morning I, I got a better night rest, praise the Lord. And I'm sitting there, and it was beautiful. It was 35 degrees, no wind, and sunny. You get what kind of a gift that is, right? <laughs> and so I grabbed a chair from inside the little cabin, kitchen chair, and I just sat right next to the cabin. I just sat there in the, in the quiet and in the sun, listened to the birds, and I even made a little fire for myself. And several times I'm like, I should be reading something. I should be making something of this time. And I, no, I said, no. And I think maybe once or twice I grabbed the Bible and just read a passage or two and let it soak into my heart. And I sat there like that for four hours. And as I did that, I could feel my soul just unravel. You know, just kind of like the cares of the world just starting to fall away and slowly and just being reminded that God has been there the whole time. It was me. I was the one who said, I got to read all these books. It was me who said, I need to read all these books because I need to help the congregation in these ways, X, Y, Z. But maybe the best way that I can help all of you is to say, no, I, you know, I can't. There's no possible way. There's no human that could possibly learn about all the complex problems and challenges of our time and then present them to you in such a particular way that they would resonate with you. But you understand that's sometimes the pressure that I feel. But I say, actually, what I need to do is to just model to you this simplistic approach. God, what do you want me to do today? And then do it. You know, and that is the hardest thing, especially in our time because there aren't even that many people that I look up to who model this for me. Well, a couple, but they're not pastors. <laughs> See, this is the truth that God made you to experience abundance. But rather than abundance of stuff and achievements and activity, an abundance of joy, peace, patience, and kindness. So as we move towards closing today, I wonder what changes, what small changes, because if you try and change all the stuff in your life, it won't happen. You'll, you won't do any of it. But what small changes or what area of your life could you make some changes? Maybe lower what you're trying to do or lessen what you're trying to learn or you know, be informed on or lessen what you're trying to worry about? Or what activities and organizations are you trying to support? Now, please don't go quitting on me. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I can say that one, God. <laughs> but seriously, I've, since the day I got here, I promise you, the first person I sat down and talked with, first volunteer, and I said, I'm just really overwhelmed with all the responsibilities that I have at our church and I said which one makes you feel alive which one makes you feel close to God and they told me I said that's the one you should do and you should quit the rest and that's a hard thing because we're trying to keep up with all kinds of things that have been done in the past and that now we would like to do in the future but when the rubber hits the road so to speak we can't do it all and if we have a church full of people who are burnt out well now we're, none of us are feeling close to God we're all feel the word of God is choked out in all of us and that now then we're just missing the point 
So in our administrative council, we talk a lot about our capacity. What's our capacity, given our, our volunteers and their life stages, uh, what we're trying to do and why we're trying to do it, and what do we maybe need to let go of because we can't do it all. And that, that's really hard, it's, right, Deb? I mean, it's, it's not like we're saying, yay, we get to let go of this. <laughs> you know? And I'm, I'm doing that in my own life. And that's kind of what helps me to um, be able to speak to you about it, okay? So what changes, even small changes, can you make to simplify your life? Maybe even just one area. Try to focus on what you can do just for today. Just for today. Here's a couple tools or a couple uh, frameworks. This is, I'm almost done. Here's a couple of frameworks for you to try and think through these really difficult things. Uh, someone taught me, a professor of mine taught me this uh, acronym, MSKW. I think he said it, uh, Moscow, but that's not appropriate right now. <laughs> but it's MSKW. Uh, what are the things you must do? What are the things you probably should do? Uh, what are the things you could do, and what are the things you won't do? Okay? Must, should, could, won't. You see why this is important is because a lot of us end up doing things that we, if we are honest with ourselves, we say we won't do those things. But we end up doing them out of either habit or reflex or because we feel bad, other people want us to do it. Or we do the coulds, uh, things that we could do because no one else will do them. But if we want to feel alive with Christ, if we want to feel like the Holy Spirit is really being nurtured and growing within us, we should do the things that we must do. Or that we should do. Those are things that we're responsible for. Like, I can't just say as your pastor, I'm not going to do any. I'm not going to preach. You know, that's just a, that's a could. <laughs> Obviously, it wouldn't work out very well. <laughs> but I have been clear with you that I, you know, a, a won't or a definitely a could for me is like, trying to manage the church and, um, you know, preach well and provide care and empower people like it's just not possible. And I've been wrestling with the tension of that and I've grown a lot from it. So must, should, could, would. And here's the other thing that's a little bit more simpler. Or, not good with English, sorry. <laughs> what brings meaning and purpose to your life? brings meaning? What makes you feel alive? What do you feel like this is purposeful? I mean, if you just filter your choices through that, you know, you can say, um, I don't know, is binge watching Netflix for the weekend, is that meaningful and purposeful? If it is for you, awesome. You know, <laughs> like, you know but it's just, it, the journey to simplicity is really just starting with an intentionality to your life. You know, like, why am I making the choices that I'm making? Not just doing them impulsively, you know, out of um, like craving or to try and please others. You know, just an intentionality. So what brings you meaning, meaning and purpose? And today, so today as I was um, reading a devotional that I like to read, just that, just one, just <laughs> simple, just one devotion in the morning. I was looking at my bookmark and it's called Just, just for Today. And I thought, well, that's perfect. You know, sometimes, sometimes God does this. It's called Just for Today. And I'd like to close by reading 
of these to you, and there's actually a prayer at the end. So how perfect is that? That's how I'll close. So just for today, I will try to live through this day only and not tackle all my problems at once. Just for today, I will be happy. Just for today, I will adjust myself to what is and not try to adjust everything to my own desires. Just for today, I will try to strengthen my mind. I will study. I will learn something useful. I will not be a mental loafer. I will read something that requires effort, thought, and concentration. Just for today, I will exercise my soul in three ways. I will do something nice for somebody and not get found out. I will do at least two things I do not want to do, just as an exercise. And I will not show anyone that my feelings are hurt. They may be hurt, but today I will not show it. Just for today, I will be agreeable. I will look as well as I can. I will dress nicely. I will keep my voice low. I will be courteous. I will not criticize one bit. I won't find fault in anything, nor try to improve or regulate anybody but myself. Just for today, I will have a program. I may not follow it exactly, but I will have it. I will save myself from two pests. I love this part. I will save myself from two pests. Hurry and indecision. (laughs) Just for today, I will have a quiet half hour all by myself and relax. During this half hour sometime, I will try to get a better perspective of my life, like me in the woods, right? Just for today, I will be unafraid. Especially, I will not be afraid to enjoy what is beautiful and to believe that as I give to the world, so the world will give to me. Let's pray this prayer. Prayer for today. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console others. to To be understood as to understand others. To be loved as to love others. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Would you at this time uh, sing this next hymn with me? Uh, Be Thou My Vision.